Do you remember that scene in The Wizard of Oz where the wizard says, Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. As it turns out, the all-powerful Wizard of Oz was just a random dude with some technology. Today, we're going to throw back the curtain, and I'm going to share with you what I have going on financially, so you can better understand where I'm coming from when I'm providing financial education. If this is your first episode, welcome to Money Mile. And if you've been with us before, welcome back. I am your host, Justin Waller, and I am happy you are here. Money Mile is where we help active, time-crunched people increase confidence in their finances while increasing their fitness. We package financial education into roughly mile-sized educational bits for approximately one mile on your long, steady run, and we strive to make each episode valuable for you. This is the best financial education podcast designed for triathletes and runners. In our last episode, we talked about goal setting. We talked about some of the basics of setting SMART goals, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-bound. Your homework was to write out a goal that is important to you and post it in a place you see often. Your bathroom mirror can be a great spot, as is the lock screen on your phone. So how did that go? Email us at info at wallerfc.com and let us know. We respond to every email you send in, so if you did not get a response, please let us know, and we'll follow up. We are still working to get the Money for the Long Run newsletter up and running. If you'd like to be added, please email us at info at wallerfc.com, and we will add you to the list. This allows us to put the show notes right in your email inbox, so that way you don't have to worry about tracking them down at some future date. Now that we have the administrative stuff out of the way... When we talk about money, sometimes it can be difficult to speak clearly about what is really going on. We don't have to go too far on the internet to find someone that wants to tell us their great financial or business idea. And to be clear, most of that stuff I believe to be fancy sales tactics, but everybody has an opinion. I often say that every financial decision is partially about the numbers and partially about the emotions tied to the numbers. For many of us, the emotional components around money can start with guilt and shame and range to not wanting to boast or appear too proud. All of this can limit communication about these things. Additionally, there is a legitimate fear these days around data privacy, so it makes sense that we don't all walk around with our net worth statements pinned to our chest. For many, triathlete or not, it becomes difficult to talk about where they are financially even if they know they might need help. Part of my goal for our conversation today is to pull back the curtain and share with you what I am doing financially so we can break down some of those barriers. Also, I get to give you a peek behind the curtain of a financially independent middle-class household to help you understand what that looks like. I mentioned back in the early episodes that my family and I have achieved financial independence in my mid-40s. I'm now 48 and we are continuing on that path. While as a financial planner, I have the capacity to do a bunch of fancy financial stuff, I can tell you that the strategies that have worked the best for us are the same things I tell my clients to do all the time. But more about that later. Since we just talked in the last episode about goal setting and being financially independent is a goal for most of our clients, I thought this would be a good starting point to share with you about our experience. I will be sharing a bit more detail about what financial independence looks like in our world how we got here, and where we're going. First, what it looks like. 
Our financial independence goal has been to be able to spend $6,500 each month at age 65. When we set this goal several years ago, I had a bit simpler view of financial independence. I thought that if we had enough assets and investment capital that we no longer had to work and we could live the same lifestyle, I considered that financial independence. So we looked at $6,500 per month, which equals $78,000 per year. We used a 5% withdrawal rate and came up with the financial independence target of approximately $1.6 million. We reached that target in November of 2018, when I was 43. If we adjust for taxes, the target should now be closer to about $2 million. Our net worth right now is $3 million. Our assets are $3.3 million, with a mortgage of about $257,000. Our assets are broken down as follows. We have $1 million in real estate, $1.2 million in diversified low-cost investments, and the business of Waller Financial Coaching, which would be roughly valued at about $900,000. We have approximately $2.1 million in taxable assets, $625,000 in tax-deferred assets, and $435,000 in tax-free assets. We do not include Social Security in our financial projections. We have purchased about $120,000 in depreciating assets between cars and a boat, uh, which is about 4% of our overall net worth. I have included a copy of our net worth summary in the show notes if you missed any of these numbers and want to see the breakdown. On an annual basis moving forward, we maximize my contributions to a Roth 401k. We also maximize our contributions to Roth IRAs, and we save $12,000 into a taxable investment account each year. This means we are saving nearly $50,000 each year based on an income of about $175,000 in 2022. We are still saving roughly 29% of our income. We also have education savings set up for two young adults in our household. We are not paying for four years at Pepperdine, but we do have enough funds to meaningfully help with a four-year state tuition for California, and it is split between taxable investment accounts and 529 plans. Each of our kids also received a small inheritance from my mom and dad. When you combine this with the contributions each year from their generous grandparents, our children's education costs should be mostly covered. In 2019, shortly after we became financially independent, we purchased a small vacation house at a local-ish area lake, and we enjoy boating with our friends and family. I am racing one half iron distance triathlon every year, and our life is pretty good. For the last several years, I have been focusing on doing most of my office work during the school year so I can have more flexibility with my work schedule over the summer, and that has given us a lot more flexibility and a great work-life balance. It might also surprise you to know that my wife and I have been working with a financial planner for years. We did this partially to make sure that we did not have any blind spots that I missed, but also so that if I got hit by a truck, my wife would have someone that she can trust to help her through all the financial stuff. Which reminds me, we both also have life insurance policies and I continue to maintain my disability insurance policy. I realize that I am taking a risk here. I'm essentially telling the world what we have going on financially and the trajectory that we're on. I am proud of what we have been able to accomplish so far, but I'm sure there are haters out there that are gonna hate on what we've done saying that it's not enough or it is way too much or whatever. 
Well, haters are going to hate. All we can do is focus on what we can control and work to do the best we can. I am very proud of the way that we have lived a well-balanced life and strive every day to live our best lives. Just because we are financially independent, that does not mean that we are going to stop working entirely. My wife was an operating room nurse for 20 years, and she has stopped working for money, at least at the moment. I thoroughly enjoy the work that I do, and helping clients become confident in their financial future is tremendously rewarding. I appreciate the professional interactions I have with colleagues, and I look forward to continuing to help clients and do not anticipate retiring until at least 70. I have seen some great role models out there of people that are doing good work into their 70s and early 80s, and I look forward to being able to do the same. So how did we get here? As a bit of backstory, we had to pretty much reset our financial trajectory in 2009. We had taken a calculated risk and it did not work out the way that we had hoped. We even ended up short selling a house back in the housing crisis. Now, while I'm not proud of it, that is the reality of what happened. As I look back, that was probably more about bad legal advice than a shrewd financial move, but that is in the past. Ultimately, we restarted our efforts towards financial independence with two kids under two and a net worth of less than $300,000 in 2010. It took us roughly nine years to achieve financial independence after our reboot. We accomplished this goal through a few primary strategies. Number one, we bought a house and tried to grow equity in the home by intentionally paying down the mortgage amount. We had a bit of a tailwind in the recent real estate markets, and we now have increased home equity. With the low interest rates on the mortgage we have and the timeline for our goals, we no longer feel compelled to pay the mortgage down aggressively. Two, we lived frugally. And three, we saved diligently, often 40 to 50% of our take-home income. Four, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have been the beneficiaries of a couple of windfall events. When my mother passed away in 2018, I received an inheritance that expedited our journey. And my wife has been the recipient of a few generous family gifts that has also helped. I don't want to give you the wrong idea. The windfalls were never more than 10% of our assets at the time. And we had put ourselves in the position that these windfalls were used to expedite us reaching our goals. We would have gotten here anyway. These just help speed things up. When you are earning between $120,000 and $200,000 a year, and you are saving between forty dollars and $80,000 each year, you can get a lot of momentum and make a lot of progress. We are very proud to be financially independent. So, where do we go from here? This is a common problem that many people face in the financially independent community. We spend a lot of time and energy focusing on accomplishing a particular goal and once you get there, you need to reassess what you're working toward. As an example, we have always taken one big trip each year, but now we are considering expanding that and taking a couple of trips. We would functionally do this by backing down our annual savings contributions and shifting some of that savings towards increasing our planned spending on travel. We currently have two children in high school, and we are very much enjoying our time together as a family. Now, we know that our time together as a family in this way is limited, and we are attempting to make the most of it. We have talked about increasing our lifestyle expenses, 
but we are very comfortable living the life we live now. At this point, we want for nothing, and we are able to live our lives the way we want, so we are probably going to maintain course, at least for a while. So that gives you a peek behind the curtain about what we are doing financially. As with most things, what you do is more important than what you know. So we're going to talk about a bit of homework for this episode. If you are working toward financial independence, I would like you to take a few minutes and clarify what that looks like for you. I would recommend working through our Design Your Money Machine exercise as a start, and you'll find a link to that in the show notes. If you are already financially independent, I suggest thinking about what you would most like to improve about your situation. Could it be reducing your lifetime tax bill? Could it be developing the confidence to spend a little bit more on travel? Whatever it is for you, think about what you would like to improve and write it down. In our next episode, we are going to restart our work on your financial training plan with estate planning at the Olympic level, and I hope that you will find it valuable. Thank you for investing a mile with me. I hope it was a valuable time spent for you. Keep in mind, if you work out, everything else will too.